0: Good evening, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of Terror Radio Podcast. If this is your first time joining me, then welcome. This is a podcast dedicated in bringing you the best of horror and thriller, old-time radio broadcasts, as well as original stories. I'm your host, Keith, a.k.a. the radio show nerd and... 30,000 downloads. I can't believe it. Thank you all so much. And as I always say, there is more to come. Now, usually I have a theme for my episodes, but today <laughs> I don't. So let's just say I like both of these radio plays. <laughs> so, without further ado, this is Terra Radio. The two radio series featured tonight are one of our favorites, Inner Sanctum and Dark Fantasy. The radio play featured on Inner Sanctum is Song of the Slasher and it was first broadcasted on April 24th, 1945. It was directed by Hyman Brown and it stars Leslie Woods and Lawson Zerby, I really hope I pronounced that correctly. This literally deals with a, um, let's just say, a demented composer who basically whistles while he works. <laughs> Following that, we have The Edge of a Shadow, which is featured on Dark Fantasy. And this first broadcasted on April 10th, 1942. It was written by Scott Bishop and it stars Ben Morris, Eleanor Corrin, Nora Height, and Georgiana Cook. Sometimes dreams can be foreboding and are a gateway to letting you know what's about to happen. Remember that when you listen to this story. So, You know the drill, turn down the lights. I take that back, sit back, turn down the lights and listen to song of the slasher followed by the edge of a shadow.
1: tea and Lipton soup presents Inner Sanctum Mysteries. Good evening, friends of the Inner Sanctum. This is your host, Raymond, the gay goo. Friends, would you like to... uh fly through the air with the greatest speed? Do you think you'd enjoy being invisible, huh? (laughs) Oh, it's easy. All you have to do is become a ghost. And to become a ghost, all you have to do is accentuate the ectoplasm and eliminate the protoplasm. Man! If that doesn't work, we'll introduce you to one of the characters on our show. He'll take care of you.
2: And that's the truth. What awful people on this show. Wherever do you find them, Mr. Raymond? Well, it's simple.
1: All you have to do is turn over a rock and
2: out they come
1: crawling.
2: Hmm. And just suppose you were looking for decent people. How would you find them?
1: Oh, well, now, Mary, you were the one who showed me how I'd just go snooping around houses, and peering into windows, and I'd find all the nice people drinking Lipton tea.
2: Oh, dear, there you go, making fun again. You know, maybe if you drank Lipton tea... You wouldn't be such a bitter, unhappy person. Yes, there's something so warming and cheerful about Lipton. I guess that's why lots of folks drink it not only at mealtimes, but between meals. Or whenever they get a chance to sit down and enjoy Lipton's famous brisk flavor. Mm-hmm. That word brisk, B-R-I-S-K, explains a lot when it comes to tea flavor. Brisk means that Lipton tea always tastes tangy and, and bracing. Never flat or wishy-washy. That's right. You just don't know how good tea can be till you know how good Lipton's is.
1: All right, Mary. Um, as long as you're in the kitchen, you'd better sharpen up a couple of knives as our main character tonight is going to use them. A the story is called Song of the Slasher. It's an original radio play by Milton Lewis and stars Arnold Moss in the role of Detective Dan Miller. Are you uh, ready? Then uh, gather close and listen. If you find you're getting too many chills and just sitting in a fire, huh? <laughs> a thick, murky fog hangs like a damp veil over the waterfront. Streets are deserted. The buildings loom like tombstones in a cemetery. No living soul can be seen. Because people with sense stay behind locked doors. Slasher has murdered and mutilated his fifth victim in eight days. In a drab, lonely little room, a young woman suddenly looks up when she hears a door
3: close. Well, well, what's the matter? Can't you speak? Hey, you! Get away from me! Get back up! That knife! What are you doing with that knife?
2: You're that slasher! Help! Help me, someone!
1: It's the slasher! Help! Hello, Police headquarters. Hello? It, it it's the slasher. What are you talking about? He's here. <laughs> Twelve doctors. He's upstairs. Mr. Nell's apartment. I can hear it screaming now. He's with her. I, I go upward. I, I am I'm an old man. It's the slasher. He's killing her. Hello? Sergeant Miller? Speaking. This is Captain Quinn, headquarters. Here's the chance you've been waiting for. The Slash is at 12 Dock Street, right around the corner from you. On my way, Captain. Bye. And that's how it started. The detective was asked to do some queer things in the line of duty. I didn't mind moving down to the dump at the waterfront with my wife, if it would help catch the slasher. So when I got the call, I rushed out of my joint and beat it down to 12 Dock Street. Where is he? Where to go. Hey.
3: He... Listen, I...
1: I... Don't do that. I get your doctor. I... Uh, and uh, listen to me, sister. know her name is... Are they going to send an ambulance? Yeah, yeah, but it won't do her no good. You were too late? Did you see the guy who did it? I saw nobody. He can't be fine. He was here a minute ago. I heard someone go out the back way. When? A minute ago. Listen. It's coming from that alley down there. The fog's so thick, you can't see two feet ahead of you. The back way goes into the alley. Well, then... Then it's him. The slasher. I got down to the alley. The radio cars and the men from the precinct were coming. We went through that neighborhood with a sieve. But we couldn't find the guy who whistled that queer
2: tune. Is that you, Danny?
3: Yeah. Oh. What happened? Oh,
1: you shouldn't have got out of bed, baby.
3: I was worried. He got away. Did he kill another? Yeah,
1: yeah, another day. It wasn't so foggy I could have seen him. That's how close it was. He close? No, nothing to speak of. Hey, look, look, baby, don't you worry about this. You go back and get some sleep. I'm
3: frightened, Danny. That man is somewhere in this neighborhood and us living here. I
1: shouldn't have brought you down here. You're going back to our old place tomorrow. No,
3: I'm not. I don't want you here alone and I want to stay with you. Shut up. Danny. Listen.
1: You hear that, don't you? That ain't something I'm hearing in my head, is it?
3: Danny, what are you. Answer
1: me, answer me. I want to make sure I ain't hearing
3: things. Well, of course I hear it. It's someone whistling, but why are you acting like
2: this?
1: He, the. The slasher whistles that tune.
2: Are you sure? Yeah, yeah, I heard him tonight. Then the killer. The slasher must be somewhere around here.
1: I'm going out, baby. Lock the door. The whistling was somewhere in the building I listened Where was it coming from? It was gone I looked at my watch 4.30 in the morning I walked down the stairs Listening for the whistle I, I walked on my toes Listened at the other flats I didn't hear a thing I went down into the cellar. There was someone there, all right. Oh? Who's there? It was Sykes, a janitor. I came closer. Oh. Oh, it's you, Mr. Miller. Yeah, yeah, Mr. Sykes. Hey, what's the matter? You're you're shaking like you got a fever. You... You frightened me. Why? I thought you were the slasher. Yeah? He's around here, you know. He might be hiding in these shadows. He might be anywhere. Everybody's afraid of him. Everybody. Yeah, yeah, so I hear. Um, uh, time did you come down here? 4.30, like I do every morning. Why? See any stranger in the building? No, I didn't see anyone. Who lives in the flat below us? Mr. Trevelyan, Reginald Trevelyan. Funny name He's a funny fella Never sleeps at night Wanders around the building whistling to himself Whistling to himself? Yeah He writes music or something He got a piano in his place today He talks crazy sometimes Think he's up there now? Yeah, he never sleeps Here Twenty dollars? Yeah, yeah, it's for you Why are you giving this to me? I want you to tell me when Mr. Trevelyan leaves his apartment. Do you get it? Yeah, but but why? I ain't paying you 20 bucks to ask questions. Who's there? Miller. Mr. Miller. Yes? What is it, Mr. Miller? My wife and I live upstairs. I know it's kind of late, but uh, can I come in here for a minute? Of course. Hope I'm not disturbing you. No, it's quite all right. You're the people who moved in a few days ago? That's right. Glad to know you. My name is Reginald Trevelyan. Dan Miller's mine. You been up all night? Yes. Why do you ask? Uh, because maybe you can help me. Someone tried to break into our place at about 4.30 this morning. Really? Mr. Miller, you think your wife would be very annoyed if I played the piano now? No. No, I don't think so. She, uh, she likes music. Does she? She seemed like a charming girl. I noticed her when you first moved in very lucky to have such an attractive wife. You, uh, you whistle yourself like that very often? Yes. Especially when I'm working on a new composition. Wait a moment. I think I have it. I've been trying to work out that passage all night. Mr. Miller, please get
2: out of here. I want to be alone. You're a query you are. Huh? I'm not interested in your
1: opinion. Miller, what are you waiting for? Get out of here! Get out of here. I'll blow you
2: Try it! I've lost it! What, what? That passage! Do you see what you've done? I had it a minute ago and now it's gone! Gone! It's so spin
3: lately. I keep forgetting
1: things. I'm sorry if I was rude to you. I didn't mean to be. Good
3: night.
1: Mr. Miller, is it really true what it says in the papers about the slasher? That he has the whole neighborhood trembling in terror? Yes. Lovely. Trembling for their
3: miserable little lives.
1: Worried about their dirty little souls.
2: showing in fear in their ugly little rat holes.
3: If I knew who the slasher was, I'd embrace him. And give him every penny I have.
2: Why? Because I hate them. Because they laugh at me. Because...
1: phone headquarters told them to check on Trevelyan. Oh, he was a queer one, all right. So queer, I didn't tell Laura about him. I didn't want to scare her. Couldn't arrest him. I didn't have anything on him yes. I lay down to rest. Maybe I heard it in my dream. Maybe not. I heard that whistling again. That same tune. I think that's what woke me. I looked around. Laura. She was gone, and the door was open. Daddy! Daddy,
3: help! Help! I rushed
1: out. The hall was filled with thick fog. In the yellow light, I saw a crumpled heap on the floor. I recognized Laura's bathrobe. <laughs> The slasher, that's my boy He's not the type of low character who Goes around murdering his friends and relatives No, he's so big-hearted, he murders anyone
2: Even people he was never introduced
1: to He's no snob
2: Snob? He's much worse than a snob He's a lunatic Oh, Mary, you're
1: so unsympathetic He's just lonely He wants to get close to people With a knife
2: Well, if he's so lonely Then why does he go around cutting people? You see, Mr. Raymond, I can say the same kind of things you do.
1: Don't you dare just be your sweet practical self or else...
2: You can't frighten me, Mr. Raymond. But as a matter of fact, I do have something practical to say. I'm going to suggest that all the folks who drink Lipton tea should buy the larger, more economical-sized packages. Not only because they're thriftier, but for another reason. You see, if you have a large package of Lipton's at home... Then you're not likely to run out just when you need it. For instance, when folks happen to drop in unexpectedly some evening. And, of course, Lipton's is a grand drink to serve your guests. It goes so well with cake or sandwiches. It it, it just seems to make everything taste better. So, folks, be sure to have a good supply of that brisk Lipton tea on hand.
1: Yeah, I'll do that. And uh, while you're at it, be sure to have an extra hand on hand because the slasher may want to collect one for a uh, uh, souvenir. <laughs> Well, we've kept the blood from flowing long enough on with the murders. Listen as we hear Arnold Moss as Dan Miller finish that story. Laura was alive in a dead faint. I scooped her up in my arms and rushed her back to our flat. She opened her eyes a few minutes later. Dan. You're okay, baby.
3: He was going to kill me. Yeah,
1: yeah. Drink some of this.
3: Thanks. Oh, Danny, it was awful. What happened? Well, you were asleep. I went out to get the milk, and I heard someone whistling. Do you remember what? That same queer melody we heard before, the one the slasher whistled. So I thought I'd help you. Help me? I thought I'd see him. I walked quietly down the hall, and there was no one there. Then I turned the corner. Yeah? I saw the knife gleam. Someone was hiding in the shadows. He grabbed my neck and I screamed. I screamed, Danny. I, I screamed so I thought I'd burst my throat and then it all went flat. Did you see him? No, but I felt his hands on my throat. They were strong hands, fingers like steel, and I... Oh, Danny, I'm sorry. I, I can't even talk about it. Now, I... oh, now, lie down,
1: lie down. You'll be all right.
3: But when you think that he's right here, maybe living in this building... Well, he
1: won't be here long. I'm calling headquarters.
3: You
2: know who he is. I got
1: a good idea now. Just let me get on that phone and. Oh, Daddy, maybe that's
2: him. Now take it easy, take it easy, kid.
1: Oh. Who's there? Sykes.
3: Right.
1: It's just a janitor, baby. Oh. What do you want? He went out. Traveling? Yeah. Okay. Laura, get dressed. I want to get you out of here before the trouble starts. I'll be gone for a few minutes. Where are you going? With Mister Sykes got a key, Sykes. Yeah, but I'll have to go along with you. You you can't take anything. You know what this badge means? You a detective? Yeah, yeah. Now, let's go. What are you doing here? Looking for the slasher? I'll write your book about it, pal. Now here's his choice. Open the door. All right. But you'll have to hurry. He may come back any minute. All I want is enough evidence. I'll take care of him when we get it. The door's open. Come on in. It was eight in the morning. But it could have been eight at night. The fog was so thick. I knew this was it. I couldn't take any chances. I had to get all the evidence on it before I nabbed him. And I had to get it without him being wise. What are you looking for? Knives. We know he's got at least three. I don't see none. Neither do I. Maybe it's a bomb steer. I could be wrong. Hey, hey what's this? Music. He's always writing it. I used to be a choir boy once. They taught me how to read them notes. I wonder if I still can. Why? Because I think this may be a tune I'm looking for. Let me see. That, that song. Did you ever hear it before? Yeah. bet you did. He's always whistling it. I heard him myself when he killed the last one. you got to find those knives. You'd better hurry. I think he just went out to get some breakfast. I looked everywhere. Couldn't find the knives. I couldn't bring a guy in just because I heard a song. I found a bunch of keys. They were trunk keys. But there was no trunk. I think I hear him coming. Never mind what you think. Where does he keep his trunk? In the storeroom in the cellar. He's always going down there for things. Hold it, hold it. That's him. Yeah. Come here. There's room behind this upright piano for both of us. What, the piece to... Shut finish. up, shut up. Get behind here and hurry. He sat down at the piano and played a queer arrangement of the same tune that led me to him. I reached for my gun just in case. Suddenly, I felt the sweat ooze out of me. It was sweat that. Felt like ice. I didn't have my gun. I remembered I took it off when I laid down to rest. It's all
2: wrong. All wrong! Why
3: can't I get it right?
1: He's going out again. Come on, Sykes. I told you to hurry before. I hear him going down those stairs. It's, it's safe to go now. All right, Sykes. We're gonna open that trunk in the store. <laughs> Mr. Miller. This key should open it. Are they the knives? Yeah. The knives. Look at them, look at them. Covered with blood. Mm. Sykes, go to the police precinct. Tell them Miller sent you. Tell them to come over here with as many men as they can spare. All right, all right. I took the knives and put them under my coat and went up to my room
3: Yes, dear, yes, I'm leaving.
1: I'll be home soon. I could hear Laura talking on the phone to someone. I opened the door. Oh, of
3: course. I... Oh, I'd better hang up now. Danny just came in. Goodbye, darling.
1: Who are you talking to?
3: Mother, I'm I'm ready to go. Oh, wait a minute,
1: wait a minute. There's no rush. Listen, Danny. That man at
3: the piano.
1: Sounds
3: like the Flasher
1: song. Yeah. What have you got there? My gun. Come on, baby, we're going.
3: That man playing the piano, are you sure he's a slasher? Yeah, positive. Oh, Danny, you're hurting my arm. Oh,
1: I'm sorry. I'm a nervous. Ooh. That's his place. Come on in with me.
3: Come in with me?
1: Yeah, yeah, we figured out a way to trap him. But
3: Danny, I... Don't I'll... be
1: scared, baby. You'll be okay. Oh. oh. You? Yeah, yeah, Mr. Trevelyan, I... I'd like you to meet my wife. I'm delighted.
2: How do you do? Would
3: you like to hear something? It's a composition I've just completed.
2: I've had a great deal of trouble with it. But I think I've got it right now.
1: <laughs> oh, you... That gun... Yeah, you got it coming to your slasher.
2: You stupid... Why? You idiot!
1: Why did you
3: give me a chance? My music? Not even written down. Danny. You murdered
1: him? Yeah.
3: Why? You'll find out. What are you going to do with that knife?
1: It's one of his knives. Stand still, Laura. Danny,
2: do it with me. In a minute. Danny, what's the matter You're with God you? It
1: coming to you, too. Why? I know who you were talking to on that phone. It wasn't your old lady. What? It was Jerry Boyd, that guy who lives next door, wasn't it? Answer me,
2: wasn't
3: no, it? No, no. Lie to me. So this is why you made me come down here with you.
2: You planned this all along.
1: That's right, Baby. And that's why I had you insured for 40 grand. Oh. You made one bad mistake. You married a smart cookie.
3: You're going to kill me and blame it on the slasher? Yeah. No!
2: Help me, someone, help me! Daddy, don't! <laughs> oh.
1: When it was over, I wiped the knife clean of fingerprints... And then I, I smeared Trevelyan's hand over the handle. I knew what to do. Made it look good. Made it look perfect. There's a way to get away with murder. And I found it. I thought. Go on with the report, Noah. Well, Captain Quinner, after I sent Sykes to the precinct, I went upstairs for my gun... My wife wasn't there, and I got the gun, and I heard a scream. I rushed to his place. I opened the door. I, I saw Laura. The second I thought I'd pass out,
3: yeah.
1: he, he grabbed a knife and come at me, and I shot him and killed him. Oh, Laura. She was insured for $40,000, wasn't she? Yeah. 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 Well, what difference does that make now? A lot of difference, Miller. I want you to meet someone. Come in, Sykes. Yes, Captain. Did you hear Detective Miller's report clearly? Yes, sir. Was he telling the truth? No. He lied. What are you talking about? I didn't go to the police when you told me. I hid in the cellar. I saw you go upstairs. I saw you get your wife and go to Trevelyan's place. I listened at the door. I heard you shoot Trevelyan and then murder your wife. Captain, the man's insane. Yes, Miller. a homicidal maniac. I'll take away his coat. You see? He's handcuffed. I don't get it. He's the slasher. He? It's impossible. I told you about that melody. Why, it's still on Trevelyan's piano. Trevelyan copying down that melody after he heard Sykes whistle it. Yeah. I whistled the whole thing for him. But the knives I, I found in Trevelyan's trunk. I put them there. I knew who you were. Sykes was trying to frame Trevelyan. He's made a complete confession, Noah. But how did you find out that When you asked us to check on Trevelyan, we discovered that he's quite a famous, if eccentric composer. I checked up on the other people in the building at the same time. I found out that Sykes escaped from the State Institute for the Insane two years ago. He's confessed. Yeah. I'm the slasher. Why should Trevelyan become famous for what I'd done? You had a perfect crime all figured out, Miller. But you made one little mistake. You decided the wrong person was the slasher. Even a copper can't pull a perfect one, Miller. So, I'm telling you all this because... In ten minutes, I won't be able to tell nobody anything. Ever since I made my report, I've been... Been hearing that song in my head. Like like somebody whistling it. Soon I I, I won't hear that either. <laughs> it's a nice tune. Kinda sad. A um moral for tonight's story is Never quarrel with your wife. Avoid strife. If that doesn't work, get a carving knife. (laughs) Now, there's the perfect formula for domestic bliss. Don't you think so, Mary? I do not. Oh, well, then I'll give you another one. You'll love this one. Beat her till she's black and blue. Break her arms and legs in two. Then tell her to brew a cup of Lipton tea for
2: you. I give up. All I can hope is that folks don't pay any attention to all these peculiar things you say about Lipton. And I guess they don't. The proof is that more people drink Lipton tea than any other brand. But if any of you folks haven't tried Lipton, then why don't you do so now before Mr. Raymond says a word more about it? Why not let that famous brisk flavor speak for itself? (laughs)
1: Now, if you weren't too caught up by tonight's story, let me tell you about next week's gory little tale. It's uh, about a beautiful woman who holds your hand, tells you about the future. Of course, she's kind of pessimistic. She sees a man with a knife stuck in his throat, the girl waving gaily from the gallows. And listen to this. Our star will be the glamorous motion picture actress, Wendy Berry. Let's make it a day now. Oh, by the way, this month's Inner Sanctum Mystery novel is The uh, Lucky Sif by Craig Wright. And now I guess it's really time to close that squeaking door until next week at the same time when Lipton Tea and Lipton Soup bring you another Inner Sanctum Mystery directed by Hyman Brown. So until then... <sighs> Good night. Listen, dream
2: time. Folks, if you'd like to try a modern food with a real old-fashioned flavor, then try Lipton's noodle soup. You see, Lipton's comes in an envelope, and all you have to do is empty the contents into boiling water, and in no time at all, soup's on. And what a delicious, chickeny-tasting soup it is. It really tastes homemade. And it's brimming with golden, tender egg noodles. Lipton's is economical, too. It costs less and makes more than canned soups. So, folks, don't forget to try Lipton's Noodle Soup. And don't forget to tune in next Tuesday night for another Inner Sanctum Mystery.
1: This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. here. Hmm. Better it down for the night. Yeah. Oh, Hank. Come over here a minute, would you? Sure. Something wrong? Yeah. The gal here seems to have hurt herself. It's like a barbed wire cut. Let's have a look. Yeah, you're right. It does look like barbed wire. There's no barbed wire where this animal's been. Well, a wire like that on your property, Mr. Fuller, is over south the road. Yeah, that's right. This animal hasn't been in the south pastures for months. She's one of the animals I'm keeping up near the barn, rooming for the stock show next month. Yeah. I I know she is. You haven't let her get out accidentally, have you, Hank? Me? Well, I know Mr. Fuller. You sure, Hank? Yes, sir. You said you want all animals you brought in off the range kept inside the wooden fences. <laughs> You're the boss. I wouldn't let any of them near any barbed wire. It's mighty funny. Can't figure out no other way she could have hurt her leg like that. Me neither. They're pretty bad, too. Deep. Yeah, it is. I'll never be able to show her with a leg like this. Sure too bad, Mr. Fuller. She's a nice animal, too. One of the best. I was counting on her boosting my score at the show. Say, you don't suppose McCarg could have done it, do you? McCarg? Sure. He's pretty hard hit for good show animals this year. Had to sell off quite a few to pay his mortgage and meet the taxes. I know, but McCarg's always been a good friend of mine. He wouldn't do a thing like that. Well, he might. He thought it might help him at stock show. He needs that prize money pretty bad. But McHarg's a stock raiser from way back. He couldn't hurt a prize animal if he had to. Funny thing what some men will do for money, Mr. Ford? Look, Hank, I won't have you talking like that. Well, I was just saying that... McHarg's a good friend of mine. I've done him several favors lately. He wouldn't repay me by injuring one of my animals. Well, all I know is she couldn't have cut her leg like that around the corral. Looks to me like it was done purposely. Here, better clean out that cut and wrap it up. Yeah. Fetch me that disinfectant and some of those clean rags from the chest, Hank. Sure. Here's some right over here. Hmm? In the stall? Yeah, here on this shelf. What are they doing here? Well, I I don't know. This bottle's always kept in the chest at the end of the barn. Marsh, have you been treating this animal? No, I... I mean, uh, I didn't know she was hurt till you told me. Some other animal, then? No, of course not. Didn't you inspect them all tonight? Yeah, I did. This is the only cow that's hurt. What's this disinfectant and these clean rags doing here? Well, I... I just don't know, Mr. Fuller. I put that bottle away myself last week. I treated a horse. I haven't used it since. I haven't used it more than a month, I guess. Somebody did injure this animal. Then tried to treat it here in its stall. He must have been frightened away before he could use the medicine. But who would purposely cut its leg and then try to treat it? I don't know. No. Neither do I. Wait a minute. Huh? What's this? Look. Look here. What? It's a short length of barbed water. With blood on it. I had are right. It was hidden under the straw. I just happened to pick it up with my foot. Must have been in that last load of straw we brought in. He must have laid down on it and cut her leg. Uh, not that deep. Hank, there's been dirty work around here. Here, hold these rags. Fix up this leg. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Easy now, girl. Yeah, just take it easy. You better stand back, Hank. She's about to get a little excited when... Hank. What's the idea? Don't move, Mr. Fella. That gun? Put it away. Not Hank. on your life. Lucky for me, your foot didn't kick it up from the straw, too. You. You did this. I don't deny it. Yes, I injured the animal. I hid the barbed wire beneath the straw and this gun, too, to make it handy. Hank. And I put the disinfectant here in the stall so you'd work on the cut. And I'd have you right here where I want you. Hank, why?
3: Why? Why? You mean you don't know?
1: I certainly don't. Because you won't give Martha what she wants. Martha? Your wife, Mrs. Fuller. Won't we'll give her what she wants. Divorce. Divorce? Ah, oh, stop your pretending. Why, she's never asked me for a divorce. She has a dozen times. What makes you think she so? Told me. Told you. I told you to stop pretending. You know she wants to marry me. What? Don't act so amazed. I am amazed. I'm glad to know about this. You've known about it for a long time. But I assure you that I haven't. No good acting that way, Mr. Fuller. You've had a lot of fun, haven't you? Letting me go on like this, working for you for peanuts, calling you Mr., doing all your dirty work around the farm. You've been well paid. I've never asked you to do anything that I wouldn't do myself. Well, I'm putting an end to all of it right now. Hank, give me that gun. Not on your life. You can't shoot me in cold blood. They'll get you. Not me. They'll never know. When they find me with a bullet in me, Hank. They'll never find a bullet in you. They'll never bother to look for one. Don't you remember this cow? Take a good look at her. You remember last fall when McCarridge's shotgun accidentally went off near her? How she almost trampled him to death? Hmm. Hank, no. One shot, fella, through your heart. With the time that animal's hoofs have done their work... No, Marsh, no. They'll never recognize you when they pull you out of a stall. You can't do that. They'll never bother to look for a bullet. Listen to me, Hank. They'll think your gun went off accidentally and the animal trampled you to death. Give me that gun, Hank. Then the farm will be Martha's and mine. Give it to me, Hank. Keep back. Give it to me. Keep back, I say. Take this. Oh!
3: Oh! Ah!
1: My eyes, you blinded me. Take it easy, you yellow pup. Your eyes will be all right. Water, water, get me some water. My eyes are stinging. They'll be all right. Come on with me. I can't see. Here, this way. What are you going to do? I'm going to take you to the well and bathe your eyes. You're not going to kill me. Careful. Here's the barn door. I, I didn't know what I was doing, Mister Fuller. Easy now. I, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't want to kill you. You only missed killing me by a hair's breadth. Oh. I was out of my head. My eyes. We'll talk about that later. Where are we? Why are you taking me? Over to the well. Mr. Fuller. What in the name of heaven are you going to do to me? I'm going to wash out your eyes. Come on now. Yes. Water. Easy now. No, don't rub them. Keep your hands away from your filthy face. But I... Can't stand this pain. You'll be all right in a minute. I can't stand it. I tell you, I can't stand it. Hush! let go of me. You're taking me off to leave me someplace to die. Stop it! Stop it! Now you're trying to kill me. No, I'm not trying to kill you. You are. I know you are. Don't be a fool. I'm blind. Sure, sure. This is your chance. Chance to get rid of me. Well, you're not going to do it. Hank, for the love of heaven, listen to you me. No. I'm only taking you to the well. You throw me in, huh? You want to throw me in? I want to wash out those eyes. No. You don't care about me. All you want is a chance to do away with me. No, you rat. I'm only trying to help you. Let go my arm. Let go my arm. I no, think. you're staying with me. I won't do it. I won't be led like an animal to the slaughter. Let go of me. Stop it. Let go my arm. We're almost to the well now. Oh. 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 I, I... No water will fix them up. I'm not going near that well. That disinfectant will burn those eye tissues if you don't get it washed out of them. I won't! You're going to throw me in. I won't go near that well. Hank! I go. I won't go near it! I do not go near it! Hank! No! Oh! Oh! oh. I... Now. Oh. Get up on your feet. Come over to the well and get your eyes washed out. your head. Oh, my eyes. Here now. You bend over this water trough. Come on, bend lower. Mr. Fuller. Come on now. No. Get plenty of this cold water into your eyes. That's like it. Oh. A little more. Here, use this cloth, soak it with water. Yeah. was just a mild disinfectant. Oh. It won't bother you any. I'll put that up to your eyes. Oh. That's it. Now, you open your eyes? Uh, I don't know. Well, try. Yeah. Feel better? Uh huh. Burns easing up. Yeah, let's see him. Yeah. Just inflamed a little. i will be all right. We go into the house and bathe them in warm water now. You, you didn't have to help me. Skip it. Come on. Wait a minute. What's that noise? The New York plane. What's she so low for? I don't know. She's too low. What's wrong with her? Good Lord, she's on fire! Fire! Yes, a mass of flames. it.
3: Yes, Stephen. Falling. Stephen. Falling. Wake up. Falling.
1: She exploded in midair. Now she's falling.
3: Stephen.
1: <laughs> huh? uh, Martha.
3: Oh, heaven. Stephen, you've been having a nightmare. i been asleep. You were screaming at the top of your lungs about something falling. The plane. Plane?
1: The night plane to New York. What about it? She was low. Too low. She was in flames. Exploded in midair.
3: Oh, you were dreaming, The plane did go over just as you began to scream in your sleep.
1: Oh, let's see the clock. Yes. She goes over at the same time each night.
3: And she was extra low tonight. The motors were awfully loud. Close. Yes. But there was no explosion.
1: A dream. Yet so real.
3: Oh, you better go back to sleep, dear.
1: But that wasn't all of the dream.
3: Oh, you can tell me all about it in the morning, dear. Oh,
1: that wasn't all.
3: Stephen. Where are you going? To Hank's room. Why? No,
1: where's that other slipper? Here.
3: Stephen, what's wrong, dear?
1: That's what I want to know. Stephen! Hank! Hank, open up! Hank! He's not in here. The bed's not slept in.
3: Stephen, what in the world's wrong with you?
1: Hank's Gone?
3: Gone? He hadn't been in his bed.
1: No. Did he tell you he was going anyplace? No. That dream. It couldn't be true.
3: Was it... Was it about him?
1: Yeah. About him. We were together in the ply stock barn, letting down the animals. One of the prize cows had cut a leg. We couldn't understand it because she hadn't been near any of the pastures with barbed wire. I was bringing Hank up here to bathe his eyes just as the plane was flying over. She was too low, and she caught fire. There was that awful explosion. Oh, but it was all a dream. Come on, we'll see. Stephen! I'm going out to the barn. Come along if you wish. Something tells me that it was more than just a dream. <laughs>
3: is so foolish. I, I tell you, it was just a dream.
1: Here. Do you hold this lantern?
3: Oh, but you need your sleep, dear.
1: Look at this door. I'll take it now. All right. Come on. There, here's the stall. You bring the flashlight? Here. Here, take the lantern. Tom found it. What's wrong? The battery burned out. leg. A deep cut.
3: Fresh cut. It needs attention. Martha,
1: it's identical to the injury in my dream. Oh,
3: Stephen, surely. It is Martha. Oh, she just cut herself yesterday and you didn't know.
1: Oh. I always examine the prize stock in their stalls every night. Martha, this animal was in perfect condition when we went to bed.
3: Oh, but Stephen. Wait a minute. What in the world are you doing? I'm looking through this straw, but by heavens, look. Short length of barbed wire.
1: Bloody barbed wire. Stephen. Just like the dream. The very same. There should be something else.
3: Yes. Here. Look. A gun.
1: Hidden here in the straw. Here where he put it. Who? Hank Marsh, of course. Who else? Oh, no, Stephen. Yes. And look, there on the top of the feed box, the bottle of disinfectant, some clean rags. Oh, but Stephen... Just like the dream. Every bit of it is just like the dream. But
3: you couldn't have dreamed all that.
1: The hidden barbed wire, the cut on the cow's leg, the hidden gun, the medicine, all the same.
3: Stephen.
1: And this cow. She's the one that almost trampled McHarg to death last fall when his shotgun accidentally went off.
3: But surely you don't think Henry Marsh planned to kill you?
1: Yes, he planned it. Worked it out carefully. Very carefully. But now his plan's no good because of that dream. No,
3: Stephen, he couldn't have.
1: Yes. And in my dream, I saw how it was all going to work out. I was shown how I could save myself by throwing the disinfectant into his eyes. I
3: tell you, there's some other explanation.
1: Then a plane. It did fly over low tonight, you said? Yes. And it must have got on fire. It must have exploded. But
3: it couldn't have. I didn't hear a thing except the motors.
1: You heard me screaming about it in my dream.
3: Yes, but you...
1: Well, you must have been so intent upon what I was saying that you didn't hear the noise of the explosion. Oh,
3: no, that's impossible.
1: It was over south of the road. Here, give me that ladder.
3: Stephen, you...
1: And go back to the house. I'm going to look for that wreckage, Stephen. Not a sign of anything out there in the field.
3: I called the airport. They checked the plane. It passed over Sheldon some time ago. That's miles from here toward New York. Safe? Yes.
1: There couldn't be a mistake?
3: No. The plane that passed over here while you were dreaming is almost in New York now.
1: I can't understand it. All the rest of the dream was true. All but the part about the plane.
3: Oh, just a dream.
1: The other things... The injury to the cow, the wire, the gun... Didn't
3: you say you lost your gun several months ago?
1: Yes, yes, I did. Well, you must
3: have dropped it in the straw when you stored it in the barn. It and the wire were thrown into the cow's stall purely by accident. But the injury... Stephen, both of us know how easily and mysteriously cows can injure their legs.
1: And the disinfectant.
3: Oh, you simply left it in there in the stall and forgot about it.
1: No, I couldn't have... Uh,
3: you going to open it, Stephen?
1: It's unlocked. Come in. Hank. Holly. Holly, I'm glad you're up, Mr. Fuller.
3: Henry. It's late. You you haven't been in your bed tonight.
1: I forgot to tell you I was going to town. Oh, Mr. Fuller, well, that cow installed 13. She's cut her leg. Henry, I... Well, I just happened to look at it. Looked in, found the barn door open, and why? What's the matter, Mister Fuller? so why do you look at me like that, Stephen? You want me to come out to the barn, Hank? Why? oh yes. That cow's leg's pretty bad. A barbed wire cut. You, you know about it? And isn't the wire lying beneath the straw of the stall right now? Mr. Fuller. And isn't this the gun you hid under the straw? How'd you find it? Oh, Stephen. So, it is true. You planned to kill no. me. Plan for the animal to trample me and mutilate no, me. No, no. Plan to marry Martha and get my farm. Oh, no, Stephen,
3: no, you're wrong. No, I'm
1: not wrong. You planned it together. Only my dreams spoiled your plans. Well, now you can be together. Stephen, no. Put that gun down. Well, I'm going to send you. You can burn together.
2: All clear.
1: All right, shut the door. Confound it. Five minutes late taking off. Why don't they get this thing into the air? I've been hiding all day, waiting for darkness. Waiting here to take this plane to New York... York they won't find me there <laughs> no they're not going to find me there I've been waiting I've been waiting taking <sighs> off yeah. I'll be in New York soon
3: Unfasten your safety belt now, Mr. Fuller. Huh? You know me? Yes. We always have a list of all the passengers. Let's see, um you're going to New York. Huh?
1: New York? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Taking a little weekend trip. Just up and left the farm for a weekend. Decided I needed a vacation.
3: <laughs> Vacations are good for a person.
1: Yeah. I decided I need a little rest. So here I am. <laughs> yeah, funny thing, I dreamed about this plane last night. Yeah. She always passes over my farm about midnight. I dreamed last night, that she was flying exceptionally low. <laughs> yeah, funny, too, because generally gained a, quite a bit of altitude by the time she gets over my place. Yeah, it was a queer dream. Thought I was standing out back of my house and she went over just a, a little before the barn and then she caught on fire and exploded. Exploded right there in midair, right over my farm. <laughs> yeah, I guess we all have funny dreams sometimes. This one was sure real. Look, look. There's my farm down there now. See? Had a red light put on my windmill so it could be seen at night. Look how close it seemed.
3: How close? Too close. We're flying too low. I said we're flying too low. Look, just above the barn tops,
1: just like the dream. Just like the dream. No, it can't be that. Look out the
3: window! Flames! What are the motor's on fire? What if the motor's on fire? We're flying too low.
1: Dark fantasy. You have heard The Edge of the Shadow, tonight's original tale of dark fantasy by Scott Bishop originating in the studios of WKY. Ben Morris was heard as Stephen Fuller, Eleanor Corrin was Martha Fuller, Muir Height played Hank Marsh, and Georgiana Cook was the stewardess. Next Friday at this time, listen to the 22nd in this series of dark fantasy adventures created for you by Scott Bishop, a weird and pulse-pounding tale of terror. Carrari which relates how an angered witch doctor of the Ecuador jungle brews a bitter deadly poison to use against a strange and heartless enemy. This program
0: that's the show for tonight. I want to thank you all for listening. And remember, you can find me on Facebook at facebook.com/terror1970 or you can find me on Instagram at radio show nerd or on Twitter at RadioShowNerd1. And if you want to drop me a line, say hello, give me a suggestion, a request, a, even a critique, feel free to email me at RadioShowNerd at gmail.com. I also have a YouTube channel, Terror Radio. Please check it out. Subscribe. Like the videos will be highly appreciated. Again, thank you all for the support. I am so humbled. And again, this is your host, Keith, a.k.a. The Radio Show Nerd, signing off. Have a great night, everybody.